Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I'm Val. And tonight we are talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. And just like Batman, we couldn't do it alone. So we've got some <laughs> friends with us today. We'll start over here to my not Val side. And with Blake, go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us who you are and where you're from, uh, uh, where we can find you online, and then we'll get right into the movie. So Blake, go ahead. Perfect. Yeah, so I'm Blake. I am part of the Let Us In, which is a TTRPG podcast um, under the Stolen Droids umbrella of groups. You can find us on the Stolen Droids website or on the um, Stolen Droids Instagram. I think it's at um, the Let Us In. Perfect. Glad to have you, Blake. Craig? I'm Craig with the Matinee Heroes, and you can find us at all things Matinee Heroes, matineeheroes.com, Matinee Heroes on Twitter, Matinee Heroes on Instagram. Uh, and now we have the, the cast-off show on Instagram, and I mean on, on Twitter, and we desperately need people to sign up for it because we just started that handle, and we've got like nine people, and they're all contestants, so we need viewers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and- and we've all been contestants on there, uh, Tracy, yeah. Val, and myself. We've all been on there. I love Castoff. It's a fun show. You guys are some of the best contestants we've had. Well, uh-huh. We don't like to brag, but it's true. <laughs> all right, Josh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I'm Josh. I actually uh, run the YouTube channel, The 90s Kid. That's where you can find me. And then I'm also The 90s Kid at The 90s Kid 89 on Twitter. Yeah, at The 90s Kid 89, because you weren't actually born in the 90s. No, no, no. I am a fraud. I am absolutely yeah. a fraud masquerading as a 90s kid. That's all right. Absolutely. Were you I, could get it, I could get into this right now, but I think it would sway us away from us getting into the 90s. But Were you actually a could, kid in the 90s? How could, how could yes. you present this to me, Jake, and know that this was going to happen and not warn me? That a tangent could be happening here. <laughs> Val, have you never been on our show before? There's always a tangent that could be happening. That's what I'm saying. You should have warned me. We already have enough tangents that are going to happen. And now this 90s tangent, I want it to happen. Wait a second. We're doing a bloated, unnecessarily long podcast about a, the, the Justice League? I still have to get up at 3.30 in the morning. So I'm going to have to de-bloat myself just a little bit tonight in my regular bloating that I do on Monday. So we're already we're already going to do the Joss Whedon version of Zack Snyder's Justice League <laughs> for this ep- for this episode. Yeah, All right. At least you'll get two extra hours right. of sleep. All right. <laughs> I do want to say on, it depends on how you watch the movie. Some people may have gotten extra four hours of sleep. Go ahead, Val. Welcome, Blake, and welcome, Josh. I don't think I've ever done a show with you before, but in the past um, five years, I have been like just smashing the Snyder Cut at Comic-Cons, at Fan-Xs. Anywhere I can say the Snyder Cut is going to suck, I have said it. I just want to <laughs> show you. Right. I am wearing my Batman shirt today. This I got before... All of this, I have been a Batman fan for a while. It's not that I don't want Batman to succeed. And now it just looks like I'm rubbing my boobs, which I also enjoy. But um, we need to get the viewership up. So. I'm also really, yeah. really tired. So I'm it's just gonna be all unplugged tonight. Apparently, um, we're we're not only streaming on StreamYard, but we're on OnlyFans as well. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know. But I wanted to I just wanted to Gotta say I wore the Batman shirt because as we get into tonight's episode, it's not that I don't love Batman. Okay, I'm just throwing that out. All right. Okay. All right. Fair so enough. I'm, fair I'm enough. Ex- 
So Val's going to only have good things to say about Batman from, from that <laughs> comment. What it I sounds think you like. guys will be surprised what I have to say, actually. So let's talk about why there is a Zack Snyder's Justice League, why that's different than the theatrical Justice League that we got, what, in 2017? 17. Yeah. yeah, 2017. So we get Justice League in 2017, and now everybody starts calling for the Snyder Cut. So what is the story with the Snyder Cut? So go ahead, go ahead, Tracy. Yeah. Um, so partway through, while they were they did all the production on the film, <clears throat> and then while he was doing the edit, he started to get some pushback from Warner Brothers. They didn't like a lot of what he was doing with his cut. Um, they made a decision internally that they were no longer going to move forward with Zack Snyder on future projects, but they had invested too much money in this and needed to do something to get this movie released. Um, during this time, unfortunately, Snyder's daughter committed suicide tragically. Um, he tried to work on the project as a way of like getting his mind off of his family um, and his issues, and it just became too much, and so he walked away. And then the studio hired Joss Whedon to come in, do some rewrites, do some punch-ups, try and do a better edit um, in order to try and make it salvageable. And then we got Justice League and it was salvaged. It was, it was salvaged. It wasn't it. good. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it wasn't a good film, but there were parts of it that worked quite well. And then there were parts that didn't work quite well. And then I just uh, want to know who thought it was going to work at all. To demand this I think I think it was Warner Brothers. I, I don't think I don't know that anybody. I don't know that anybody looked at it and said, "Oh, it's definitely going to work," because you've got two very different directors with Joss Whedon and yes. Zack Snyder. Their styles are very different. But to your point, Val, I don't I don't know that anybody thought it would necessarily work. They just had to do something, and Joss Whedon yeah. was such a big name at the time because of Avengers and and. Well, I mean, else. if you're going to have someone come in and try and fix something, I mean, at the time, Joss Whedon, I mean, I would have said, yeah, this sounds like a really good idea, but let's be real. From the beginning, the studio has been a dick. Like the studio, yep. I don't think has wanted um, Batman to succeed at all, because if they did, they would get out of the way. Like, I feel like Warner Brothers Studio for these films, for Suicide Squad, Justice League, Batman versus Superman, the studio's just been like, hey, so what's going on over here? What are you guys doing? Hey, I think I can do this. Don't you think that dress should be purple? Like, they've been that mom, that Draper mom. Um, and if you're not from Utah, you have no idea what that means. But they've been that Draper mom. <laughs> but if you're from Utah, you know exactly what that means. at all the dance rehearsals and all the play rehearsals, and they think they know better. And I think if the studio would have just said, we hired the right people, we have the right producers, we gave you the money, make the movie, these movies wouldn't be such a pile of poo. Why can't they point. do what the animation department does? Because the animation right? department for mm -hmm. Warner Brothers is amazing. I feel um, like the animation department's smoking a lot of pot, and so that's why they're not always like in there. That we can write that off. It's California. It's legal. I think yeah, that should be a valid expense. <laughs> but I, I think the you're right. There are a bunch of uh, what I like to call corporate Karens or conglomeration Karens. They stick their nose Ooh. in a lot of stuff, and I think it's because of the, the just they have a different culture at Warner Brothers than they do at well, other studios. And Marvel Studios kind of had the advantage of having Kevin Feige there from the beginning and even before. Exactly. And 
fostering this through. He was always thinking about, let's make one movie at a time. We'll throw in some threads. They can be dependent on future movies, but if they're if we don't make those movies, it's not dependent on the plot. Almost every incidental thing that's happened in a movie for Marvel that led to another movie was not something they guaranteed you was going to be, unless it was a, a specifically a cliffhanger ending. Um, you know, well, the Avengers Initiative was just something they could they could have said at the end at the of Iron Man and never done, and that would have been fine. But Warner Brothers was like, no, we've got to do all of this 10 years of Marvel in two and a half hours. And I don't see how Joss Whedon could have possibly have whittled this down at all. No. Well, Zack Snyder didn't Snyder do couldn't. it. He needed four hours to do it. He needed more well, than that. So I think like, the let's, key... let's Snyder make a, a two hour movie. Yeah. I think the key there is when Marvel started out, there were no stakes. They were working yeah. with, at the time, B-list characters. They're working with Iron Man, Thor, and Hulk. At the time, nobody knows those characters. So there were no stakes. And I think the studio was more willing to let, you know, Kevin Feige actually do what he wanted to do. Whereas with DC, the stakes were there from day one because they had to catch up to Marvel. Mm-hmm. But they uh, didn't I, well, need to catch up. No, there was no catching no, I up. Agree. They had three but, movies that came before this whole section of the... I don't know, Batman verse, whatever the crap we want to call it tonight. This section of new school Batman stories, they had movies before that that made a ton of money. The stories were good. People liked them. And then all of a sudden, DC Warner Brothers got some kind of like hiccup because Marvel was making good movies too. So now all of a sudden they don't know what to do with themselves. And I felt like they were running around with their heads cut off. Now Marvel comes in with this like well, outline of movies that was good. And I feel like Warner brothers came in with like sticky notes of things that they want to do. And they're like, can we make a movie? Well, I, I think, I think when, when the Marvel universe, the, the MCU started with Iron Man and then you had Hulk and then you had Iron Man too. Like the idea of it being this interconnected interwoven universe wasn't really there until Iron Man was a big success. And they thought, okay, right. looking at the characters that we have, could we get the Avengers off the ground? And then they started working toward that. And at that time, Warner Brothers, like you said, Val, they're finishing up the Dark Knight trilogy, which was awesome and amazing um, and great. But they had this idea of, of bringing all of their characters together into one movie wasn't even on their radar. And by the time they started thinking and realizing that's what where Marvel was going and it was going to be successful, their first attempt at that was Green Lantern. And that was really not good at all. And so they had to go back to the drawing board and you get Man of Steel. And and I do think they felt rushed, whether they had to or not. I think they felt rushed and they felt that pressure from the success that Marvel was having oh, yeah. at that point. So, so part of the problem is, is that you have DC, which has layers of managers and bureaucracy and people fighting for creative control. Then you have Warner Brothers, who's over that. Warner Brothers is owned by a Japanese company. So you have that level on top. So you have all these layers that you've got to go through in order to get a creative, coherent story through. In my opinion, this whole experiment could have worked, but it failed from the moment that they hired Zack Snyder to do the DC Universe because Zack Snyder is the wrong person to do it. He does not understand these characters. He doesn't appreciate these characters. He doesn't give these characters he wants to deconstruct them instead of uh celebrate them blake i know you're a dc fan what are your I'm thoughts taking, on what I'm tracy just all said in. 
You're just taking it all in. in. I know. I'm just worried that you're going to take it all in and then like, it's just going to explode out at some point. So I'm trying to give you a moment to vent here. Basically, basically what I'm hearing is we started out talking about um, DC animated and how great those are. We love the animated things. DC live action, not so much. And I think a big factor to that is that the DC animated series, not necessarily the, the TV shows, but like the movies, they're direct results of already written stories, right? They aren't, they aren't new properties. They aren't new ideas. Whereas all these live action things are new stories. And mm -hmm. I think we, we, we love those, those stories that we already are familiar with because we read them in the comics and then we love seeing them on screen in an animated form. And we kind of put all our eggs in one basket with Zack Snyder. You know, we kind of gave yes. him the reins to everything. And we said, okay, let's see your interpretation of this. And that's something that we didn't have happen with the Marvel universe. We had so many different directors. We had so many different visions. Um, we had so many different ideas. There's a reason nobody brings up the Ed Norton Hulk because it wasn't that good. <laughs> but it's still a part of the Marvel universe. It's still considered canon in that. Right. Right. If we if we let the director and the the production team of everybody that did the Ed Norton Hulk do all of the Marvel universe, Gross. we would be yeah. so disappointed. And that's what we did with this. We let Zack Snyder take the reins and run with it. Now, yep. here's where the interesting thing comes. I like his interpretation of it. I think it's interesting. I like the darker characters. I like the darker tone. It they're superheroes, right? There is no Batman isn't real. He's never actually captured the Joker. And so what? it's, it's what? his what? I, know, I know. I'm so sorry, Val. She's done. She, she said she was gonna come unhinged. But but to to say to say that Zack Snyder is doing just justice to these characters, that's kind of a weird thing because they aren't real people. So you can't really well, do just Superman I mean, doesn't stand for anything because he's a fictional but you person. Can't he do does, though. You could do just disjustice to a plant. How are you taking that, Jake? <laughs> well, first of all, Blake, I know, is a big Superman fan. So it's, it's shocking for me to hear him say he doesn't stand for anything. Um, and, I, and I get what you're saying in the sense that he's not a real person but i do think these characters have a history and i think that they've they've got a past where you have certain expectations when i go in to see a superman movie i have certain expectations of what that's going to be like and man of steel was a slight departure from that not as much as batman v superman was for me and yes. um and justice league was a little bit different still um and so i think that i think you're right they're fictional characters so you can deconstruct them and do what you want with them but I do think that there are certain expectations when I go in the theater and I'm going to watch a Superman movie. And I, and same thing with a Batman movie. Well, let's take let's just take the superheroes and put them over here for a minute. I yeah. just want to make I want to watch a good movie that makes sense. How about that? Mm -hmm. Because I like the reason why I like DC is because it is so dark. I like mm -hmm. the idea that Snyder came in and he's like, we are actually going to show you how dark Joker is because Joker, he's the worst. He's maniacal. He's awful. He is a killer. I wanted to see. I actually, and I'm going to say it right now, I like Jared Leto's version of the Joker. We can get into that in a minute. Again, superheroes over here, okay? But what I have a problem with with Zack Snyder in these movies is that he doesn't have, like, a follow-through in his thought. When you get mm -hmm. into the yep. Snyder cut, 
the villains are like the worst villains in that I think in a superhero movie ever because they're not fully thought out. Like, and and you can see that with Joss Whedon's cut. I feel like it was a big fat throwaway. I would rather just see the superheroes fighting the green screen that they're looking at because I don't care about these villains at all. And when you get into DC, DC has amazing thought out villains. And so mm-hmm. I like the dark. I like the what Snyder did with how he was going to bring us over to a darker side. I don't know how you can get darker than Dark Knight, but he was willing to try. But I just want to watch a good movie that has a thought out story that's going to have some kind of just it it was messy. Does anybody else agree it was messy? Zack Snyder is an art director. He's not yes. a director. He's not a story person. I, I, which is weird yes. because that's what a director of a movie is supposed to be first <laughs> as a storyteller. And he is not. He is. Let's make the coolest looking scene, the coolest looking shot, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But I don't need to see the Flash, uh, in that in the Justice League cut, spend five minutes with a car up in the air, slow mm-hmm. motion kind of touching a woman that doesn't know him uh and we don't need five minutes of that it looked cool for a couple seconds Uh, he is really about what it all looks like that's why 300 was so successful because there's really not much to that story it's (laughs) and but it looked cool that's it (laughs) killing everybody just get some abs okay uh, make everything kind of golden and kick i left my abs at home okay paint them on like (laughs) you can paint them on like gerard butler did okay so i I want to touch on what craig said because ign.com came out with a story that they went through and watched the snyder cut and anything that looked slower than a typical motion they counted and it timed out that there is uh, 10, if you take out the credits, 10% of Snyder's cut is slow motion. This is a bloated film. With This is this is the most egotistical film I have seen in a long time. This is Snyder's id all over the screen. And it's all cool. about him. And it's all about what he wants and what he thinks is cool. And not doing a story and telling a story. I think if you took parts of the Whedon cut and you take parts of the Snyder cut, because some of the Snyder cut worked. You could get a decent movie, but it's not going to be a good movie. It's not going to be a great movie, but there's a three hour decent film in there somewhere, but it's not with either one of these cuts. This, I, I tried to rewatch it today. I took a sick day um, from work and I was, I had it on. I, I fell asleep partway through because it is so slow. It's not a good movie. I, I hope your boss isn't day. one of our fans watching this live stream. <laughs> I, I, right I, now. Personal day. He hmm. took personal Tracy, day. sick day. Hmm. I, I got Mental my health. second Pfizer shot and it knocked yeah. me on my butt for a couple days. So, yeah. So I, I think, but 10% slow-mo, come on. It's okay. the, I said it was the lens flare of the Snyderverse. It's so just there. He springs like, oh, this would be better, slower where George uh-huh. Lucas was faster, faster. You know, he's more yeah. of, let's slow it down. I want to see every possible second of this cool action that I'm going to show you. And I can see it working at sometimes, but I think it's way too overused for him. It's just a, a crutch. I like the slow-mo. I just wanted each slow section just a teeny bit shorter, you know, because I the flash moments, I got to say, in the Snyder Cut, here's some good news. I love everything about Cyborg. 
I, in the first cut, I was like, why did you just throw this character away? Like what the crap is going on that you have cyborg and you, we know almost nothing about him. Like you've got one of the most powerful characters in this story. And you just kind of was like, here you go. And then you kind of shoo him away in this version. I love that we got more cyborg. I love that we got to learn a little bit more about the flash because I do love the, that character. Um, and I do love the guy who plays him and I loved Mm -hmm. him turning back time, that slow motion of him turning back time. Like I get chills just thinking about it again. I have goosebumps. So there are a lot of good things about this film when you get to know the characters a little bit more and cyborg was probably my favorite part about this film other than the last 35 minutes that I also well, loved, which I know a lot of people so didn't. I, I, I love, I like that you brought up cyborg and the flash because I felt like in the theatrical cut cyborg and the flash were very much secondary characters to Aquaman, wonder woman and Batman and then Superman coming back. But you didn't feel that way as much in the Snyder cut. They were much more important and much uh, bigger parts of the story and especially, you know, the flash turning back time at the end without the flash they're they lose. Right. So and you should have, but you should have done that backstory in separate films by the time. Yeah, this we was get to three the different movies. Meeting, yes. By the time we get these characters all together, we should know these characters. We should love these characters. We should be excited to see what they bring together to the story. You shouldn't be introducing characters like cyborg into it's a film that as the film as the dust. as the world is dying here's a new yeah. character that came to save you but do, we that's a, do we blame that on Zack snyder i was just gonna say yeah. I, I i don't think that's fair to put on Zack snyder honestly i feel i feel like that's the production companies and warner brothers yeah. for not green lighting the flash movie sooner and I mean, but now you're making, but now you're making the movie. So this is what you have and this is your job and life's not fair. So if you're going to make the movie push, push to have a little more time to develop these characters in this movie in the beginning, than a whole bunch of fluff that we don't need. Again, it's just, it's it's reprioritizing your storytelling. So we actually care if these characters die or not in the first movie. I was like, whatever. It's a story by Chris Terrio, Zack Snyder, and Will Beale. Zack Snyder is part of the story. So, yes, it falls exactly on his feet. If they didn't make a movie, that's too bad. Don't write a story that involves someone with that. I think what Blake was saying is as far as like having to introduce the characters in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, not on sex. No, that but, but situation. you made the choice to write that character into this film. Yeah, use it. That's, use them differently. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah. So here's what I'll say about the pacing, including the slow motion. Um, this movie for me, watching it, felt a lot like reading uh, a graphic novel or a mini series of comics. Even right down to how they broke up each part of the film. So you had part one, part two. To me, that was like an issue that you would pick up. You'd go get issue number one of, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League. You'd read it and it gives you a little bit of the story and then it builds on that with the next issue. And maybe it highlights a character in each issue. And I felt like that's what this did. And to me, it felt like reading a comic book series, which was really kind of cool in a lot of ways. And the slow motion parts to me felt like the big splash pages that you get uh, in the middle of a, a comic book. Like those are the big moments when they want to focus on something and it takes up both pages in the middle of the comic book. 
I felt like those were the slow motion moments. And so in a lot of ways, I liked a lot of the slow-mo. Could it have been shorter? Probably 10% of the film is a lot um, to have in slow motion, but there well, was a lot of it as far as the pacing goes that I liked. And, and I agree to a point with you, Jake, but the first five minutes of the film is Superman's death scream. And it's like, okay, okay that it was weird. Sense. It's, it's activating the mother boxes. People are feeling it across the universe. I get that. That should have been a minute and a half to two minutes. And that was my problem with this film. You, yes, it feels like a graphic novel in a lot of ways, but film is a different medium. And when I went to film school, I, I like excelled in editing. That was my gig. I, and, and I was told many times that I was one of the better editors in my class. And the thing that we learned was you got to cut and cut and cut and you got to get down to the bone and then build it back up a little bit. But you want this film to be as lean and as clean as possible. Whedon really was in a no-win situation. And to cross geek cultures, this was a Kobayashi Maru. He was in a no-win situation because he had Warner Brothers executives saying, you've got to lighten this film. You've got to shorten this film. Then he's got the Snyder fanboys who are screaming to have their original director's vision translated to the screen. Th there was no winning for Whedon in this. And I'm not excusing... Um, a lot of the things that he did, like Val said, he cuts out so much of Cyborg. And that's why I say, if you can take yeah. parts of both cuts, you're going to get a better movie. I, I will allow the cross uh, contamination of geek culture there only because it was Star Trek. So that's allowed. Always. <laughs> you got to know your audience. Up, can I bring up yeah. something really important? Can we talk about Steppenwolf for a minute? Because mm -hmm. I like the eighties band or. Yeah, yeah, I really wanted to. Tracy usually sings about this time in the show. Um, no, um, so I I do like him better with his new armor that's actually functional and everything. Um, I, I still have a, a bad taste in my mouth from the original. I still don't care about him at all. Like I really mm -hmm. could care less. I couldn't care less about him. But I also think he needs leg day. Like what's up with like his body? <laughs> being so big on top and then he's just this little guy down here he's, he's an alien they have a different physique you just could, <laughs> i feel like you could just flick him like just flick him i i'm gonna be honest and i know i'm a guest on the show and i don't i don't want to weird you guys out but i thought he was adorable there's something about <laughs> his face that is just adorable, adorable. <laughs> no, he's I'm a with villain wow. i'm with you i'm with you but there were times when i was like oh this little guy <laughs> He just, just wants he just wants to get back to dark side. Come on. Yeah. I'm really tired of the trope of the fallen out of favor henchman who because they did this kind of with Thanos a little bit with some of his minions. They were trying uh -huh. to impress him uh, to get on, on their good side. And I don't really know if that's a, a thing, because in their world, I'm pretty sure had he really failed dark side, dark side would have killed him. Yeah. Why is he around this long? He was such a doofus. Yeah. If we're if we're talking well, about villains that are hard done by, um, I think for geeks, the minute you see Darkseid, intimidation, mm -hmm. you know his backstory, what have you. Probably not a good idea the first scene that he's in your movie to have him taken out like a little biznitch, just with a and, little axe, and then he has to get dragged off. I I just that was not a good gosh, like yeah I don't care at all gosh, about it okay. now. But who's the guy who who hits him with the axe? It's Thor. Ares. It's oh, Ares. No, it's it's, it's, it's Ares. Thor. Different God, different is, culture. The problem is, is that Ares was, we've already seen Ares defeated by Wonder Woman. So you're, you're degrading your villain right at the beginning. When Thanos came in, Thanos kicked the Hulk's butt. 
and did it with one arm mm-hmm. tied behind his back, basically. You feared Thanos. You don't fear Steppenwolf. You don't feel Darkseid. Josh, you nailed yeah. it. Yep. I just thought it's, I didn't even I don't know much about Darkseid. He just looked like a guy with bad skin who was coming to um, for whatever reason to do something bad. And then you're right. It is it, diminishing returns. If, mm-hmm. yeah. if where if Ares is defeating him, then how big a deal could he possibly really be? Which is, I mean, and to be fair, in, in terms of story, it was in the past and what have you, he's probably gotten stronger. But I'm just saying, he didn't come across <laughs> well, as and then terribly yeah, but, yeah, but for, surface, for surface geeks like me, that I know what I see in the movies with these characters, yeah. right? And so I don't know Darkseid. So all of a sudden I see and I'm like, oh, he's kind of a big deal. I don't really care for what he looks like. It is a little Lord of the Rings, like, but from Walgreens is kind of what I'm, you know, <laughs> seeing here. It's like the Walgreens version of like a Lord of the Rings Wish. deal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, wish, wish. Then, I wouldn't go quite to wish. I wouldn't go Family quite dollar. to wish with this. Yeah. Uh, Walgreens. Walgreens Family is a little fancier, right? But um, but this a is the thing. Fancier. So- <laughs> oh boy. Then Walmart. Um, okay. but um but it's exactly what you said. Like, so I'm supposed to, I, if you are comparing yourself to Marvel and you're trying to beat them at their own game, one, get your own storyline. And then two, make your henchmen scary, make your, your like bad guy scary. And I just wasn't scared at all, especially because you've already shown me that the guy who takes him down dies. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I'm not going back to a comic book and I'm like, Hey guys. So like in this comic, it's, you know, I, I, I'm I'm not like that. I right. wish I was, but I'm a surface nerd. And so I'm going to go to the comic because of the cool characters you're giving me. I didn't want to touch anything. Like I didn't want to go to any comic and learn about dark side. I was unimpressed. And then Steppenwolf, I was unimpressed, but I was impressed with how they were bringing. I wanted to see these characters together. Like I wanted to see all of these superheroes together in a movie. That's what I did want to see. So, but they have to have a common cause. And I thought that they missed it when their common cause could have really been the whole time Superman being the bad guy. Like, I think that's where Snyder wanted to go. And I don't think Warner Brothers was going to let him. That's my Warner Brothers can suck it. So, so that's, I believe so, that's the title of the episode is Zach uh, <laughs> Justice League. Warner Brothers can suck it. No, uh, he, I think eventually he was going to get there. Um, if you guys are interested, people who haven't seen it in Vanity Fair, he did an interview where he talked a little bit about what his plans were for the additional movies coming up. Uh, if there had been a Justice League sequel and if things had worked out differently and, and in the Justice League sequel, and we keep seeing the, and, and and if you read that, you can kind of understand these stupid dream sequences that we keep seeing in Batman v Superman, and then stupid. again. In, yes, oh, they awful. are. And but yes. write they for the movie you're showing. Going to be a sequel. Write for okay, the movie so, you're showing. Don't write for yeah. the movies that may never but, happen, especially since they have not exactly. proven to be able to create a a, a, a spinoff yet. Yeah, but <sighs> at the but his plan was Superman was going to be the bad guy in Justice League Two. Uh, <laughs> yes, listen, Colin. Yes, Colin, Colin. You had correct. an opportunity to be on the show, and you chose not to because you're a little chicken. So <laughs> don't come in here Just with your fired. opinions if you're Just not fired. willing to speak up for yourself. So, uh, yeah. So I I think that was okay, the plan to get to that point, but 
Well, and, and ahead, then Tracy. the problem is, is that Snyder starts doing some deep dives into the new gods, which most people don't know and don't care about. And you start dropping in terms like the anti-life equation. Most people are going to be like, what the heck is that? Why do I even care? And it's like, that's Darkseid's motivation. Well, and they never listen, really explain what it is. It's in the name. It's anti-life. Like, I was told there'd be no map. you need to know? <laughs> I didn't know I, I was going to have to do right, calculations Tracy. and equations when I go see a comic book movie. I should know popcorn, butter, sit down, watch. That's what I should be doing. I shouldn't have to do all this homework. Says says Craig, who probably does more homework for his shows yeah. than any of us ever do. <laughs> That's why I'm mad because I I couldn't possibly do enough homework to figure this stuff out. And DC's not my jam. I love Wonder Woman. I love Batman. Um, all I mean, I love Batman in this movie. Bat Batfleck is a great Batman, and Batfleck I wish is good. yes, he is. Snyder could have made a great Batman movie. I don't think he yes. could have made a good Superman or a good Justice League movie because the tones don't fit. Batman is a dark character from day one. He's It's right in his wheelhouse. Everything he did with Batman was great. Uh, the problem was it's not a Batman movie. It's uh, a Justice League movie. And the first thing you have to do when you do Justice League is you have to find a way to get rid of Superman because if he's there, it's over. We're going to be done in 15 minutes. Uh, the, the answer to that problem, though, is staring them right in the face um, after they killed Superman. I mean, the, the black suit that he's wearing um, in the comics uh, was not just for looks. Uh, in the comics, when he comes back to life, he doesn't have his powers. And he's wearing right. that black suit to to absorb the sunlight so he can get his powers back. And for mm. me, and this is just, I mean, this is, it's not a slight against the movie. You can go down the route of Superman being angry and evil for some reason. But I think it would have been more interesting to have Superman come back and he doesn't have his powers. And so for the first time, he's got to go into this fight without his powers. And then, you know, slowly he gets him back. I like that. Battle. I think that that would have been a good way to kind of get around that that problem but you know i snyder boy he loves the idea of an evil superman and okay so that's... his problem the problem with snyder with superman is that he sees him as a flawed alien god that is snyder's vision of him snyder talks about how he wanted to deconstruct this character and he wanted to discuss how he's an alien who's never going to feel comfortable because nobody's ever going to like him in America because they're afraid that he's so powerful. And then he's afraid to show his identity. And so they have all this fear and angst and everything built into Superman, which just doesn't exist in that character. And it's what Craig said. Snyder could make a decent Batman film, but he does not get Wonder Woman. And in the Snyder cut, when we have the, the robbery or whatever, the suicide bomb situation at the museum in the Whedon cut, when, uh, Wonder Woman does her gauntlets, we cut to the scene being done. In the Snyder Cut, we cut to a huge explosion and then the guy's hat comes flying down and then Wonder Woman's trying to comfort the kids. So like, she basically decapitated this guy with an energy blast in front of these children and then she's like, everybody's okay. I did Blake, I, I feel I like do, you have something to say. And I, I, no, he's, I, I he's do sitting there give, like sitting on his... Yeah, no, go ahead. Craig. I do want to give Zach credit on one thing he knows how to cast movies yes yeah. he, he gave us wonder woman i will i will always be yes. appreciative of gal gadot he gave us that he gave and, us henry and, Cavill. 
great Superman. He and gave Momoa us as Aquaman. Aquaman, he's a little bit too rednecky. Uh, he's more of a Duck Dynasty kind of a Aquaman. Listen, that's the coolest Aquaman <laughs> I've ever seen. I mean, granted, the bar was pretty low, but he has just. <laughs> I mean, you've been muted, Craig Price. All right, been Blake, you, you've been sitting there ready to say something, and I want to hear your thoughts. This movie, Zack Snyder's Justice League, was made to please DC fanboys. That's yes. It. yes, it was. So That's like why this movie was created. Of, so 3% of the people that are yep. going to pay to watch it? Yes, 100%. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This movie, that, that was the whole petitioning and getting Zack Snyder to come back and finish it. And so if you're one of those, which is me, you love it. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. You think it's great. You love the visual effects. That's why you're there for it. Yeah. When you compare it to Marvel, it doesn't it doesn't work. It's comparing apples to oranges because they're two totally different concepts, two totally different purposes. I, mm-hmm. I just think I think yeah. I think I think as we've been talking, we've been talking more about DC as a whole and not just this movie. Mm-hmm. What this movie set out to accomplish, it did. I think. I think it set out to accomplish finishing Zack Snyder's vision, giving the DC fanboys what they want. We got to see it. And it was something to put on a new streaming service to promote it. 100%. 100%. It was used as a way to get people to buy HBO Max. This Uh, wasn't... I'm HBO. I'm mad (laughs) because there's no way they got $70 million worth of subscribers to watch Justice League. Yeah. This... I think this movie has outdone I was reading about it the other day they got more subscribers from this than like Disney Plus has gotten like I think it's worth I thought they I, got more more subscribers from Wonder Woman 2 didn't they, they got and more Wonder Woman 2 was awful was screamed more and so, I mean so, so I, I, I agree with you Blake on that I think when we when we bring it up to Marvel all we're doing in this setting because we're here to talk about movies um is we're comparing it to make a movie that has a cohesive thought. That's all. Where right. I I don't ever want to go, and I think this is where they're getting it wrong in general, not the Snyder Cut, in general, again, this is where DC is getting it wrong, and it has bled off into the Snyder Cut, is that they're trying right now to be Marvel, to compete with Marvel, when they should just mm-hmm. pretend like Marvel doesn't exist. I'm 100%. not even here. Marvel doesn't exist. DC has enough good storytelling on its own. We don't even have to pay attention. Like, make your own movies. Write your own stories. Like you said, we've got a crap ton of stories in the comics to bring up. Now just have a cohesive script and make a movie based on your own plan, not someone else's right. plan. Because Stop I think what, copy, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like that, and that's and, and what, that's think... why we have to bring Marvel up because they started going to poo when they started thinking, oh crap, we have to compete with Deadpool. Oh crap, we have to compete with this, that, this. Just make a freaking good Batman and, movie. <laughs> and I, I think that's where they're. I started to sweat for a second. I know. <laughs> <laughs> But I think you're right. And I think that they finally realized that in that they've decided to not have a giant interconnected universe like Marvel's doing. Mm -hmm. Marvel, every TV show, every movie, everything is tying into each other and it's getting very intricate and very complex and they're doing a great job of it. What DC said that they're going to do moving forward is that they're going to allow individual directors to tell individual films in individual ways and make the best standalone films that they can the Robert Pattinson version of Batman is going to have nothing to do with any future Superman. 
they they just hired um, an African American to write the next Superman movie. Um, so they're they're interested in going in different directions, and there's talk that they may actually be uh, an African American Superman, which would be interesting to see. Michael B. Jordan. I'd pay money to see Michael B. Jordan as Superman. No problem. I'd pay money to watch him eat macaroni and cheese. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay says she found it to be artful and untasteful. But untasteful. <laughs> but untasteful. So this is the thing. I'm going to throw it out there. If this movie um, was going to a theater, which it might be in after the next yep. 30 days. Um, no, it might. It might be at a local theater here, here in Utah, maybe for no. a minute. Um, I've, I've heard not, that there's not no for a minute, four hours. Even nationwide. for four hours. <laughs> um, no, but I'm, if it was in a theater, I would go see it. Like for me, I want to go see this movie on a big screen. I, I want to see it like not on my couch. Like that's what, how I want to experience this movie. I think there's enough there that I enjoyed that I really, really want to see it. Plus every time I go to watch it on my couch, I fall asleep in section two, like just, like that, that whole part is just really, I don't know what it is, but it puts me to sleep. But I, I do like it enough. I do think it's better than Joss Whedon's version. Um, mm-hmm. And it, I would pay the money to go sit in a theater for four hours to watch I, it. I would go see it on the IMAX if it's in, in an IMAX theater because I want to see why this four three format makes sense oh. because that just ticked me off right at the beginning. I this is presented in... I, I did just because if I'm watching it on my big screen TV, I want it to be on my TV and not these little, like when I watch so, Star Trek that was made in the nineties, I get the little bars on the side. That's fine. That's the way it was made, but this is anyway. Because this was Snyder's ego again. He wanted this released in IMAX and the Warner yeah. brothers people said no. So he forced them to do a four, three cut so that if it ever goes to IMAX, it would look okay. But he didn't want to spend the money to make an IMAX and shoot on IMAX. So he wanted to have the benefit of IMAX without it being IMAX. And again, that 4.3 is awful to watch. I heard he did this on a camcorder in his backyard. <laughs> he, parts of it, he did. It that was, is absolutely true. No, it was on his iPhone 11 Pro Max. It's no, because it would look a lot better than that. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it I've would not be in 4.3. Yeah. I've some seen of the, the commercials. CGI, some of the CGI looked like a 90s video game render scene. Yeah. You can like, say that about any Marvel yeah, movie. I'm not going to hang on that. You want to go situation. watch the fight between Killmonger and Black Panther and oh, tell me that looked good? Rubber City, baby. It did look good because it was freaking awesome. Now I don't know yep. why the DC ones—they're humans when they when they do human beings. Like you'll see um, that scene where Wonder Woman flies over on top of him and then he pushes the sword. She looks weird, but they look weird in all of the DC movies. So whatever video CGI people they use, do it strangely because that's what threw me in Wonder Woman '84 was. Um, it was better than the cats released the butthole cut, but it's better than cats. But it was still Cheetah. <laughs> Still weird. I, I don't. I don't mind the the CGI at all. Like all right. again, I, I, that didn't throw me. The the four three didn't throw me at all. Um, I thought Wonder Woman um two was just awful. I just thought it was an awful story and an awful movie. But um, I would watch the Snyder cut before I would watch eighty four again. I'll, I'll be I honest. Like it's I think, better than eighty four. Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. I really well, like it a lot better than eighty four. Yeah. Can we talk about the last thirty five minutes of the film? Do we, we have, have to? to? Wait, because wait. you liked when, it. When are we going to talk about the worst part of it? 
Go I ahead. Don't we don't know. Know. We should talk about it because we don't agree. All right. We'll talk We're about it now. Before we do, do, that, before we do that, are we going to talk about Martha Manhunter? I mean, Martian Manhunter. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> Martha. We can call Martha. That was that the weirdest introduction to a character. Why would you say that name? Oh, that was, that was that a... <laughs> That was an interesting name scene. Is Martha? Well, That's okay, my so mom's name. The only reason I bring that Best up, friends. the only reason that I bring that up, because I look, I'll be honest. I, I don't think Zack Snyder has a terribly, uh, I don't think he's good at directing emotion a lot. And like the storytelling pieces mm -hmm. of, of scenes, but that scene between Martha and Lois, I thought was actually very well done. And yeah. I, I, that scene was getting to me. I was like, okay, this is, this is great. And then she walked out and she turned into Martian Manhunter. And I'm like, oh, that kind of ruined that moment. I mean, that's yes. cool. But but you but have two top-notch actresses killing it. So, I mean, yeah. if even no offense, I could have directed that scene and it would have been powerful because I just let them do what they're, they do best. You have yeah. Amy Adams and, and Diane Lane. I mean, I mean, that's just amazing. So what? Are, yeah. that's why you hire – that's why I said I'll give him credit for casting because mm -hmm. you just have to get out of the way with those two. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Val, say, let's go talk ahead. about the last 35 minutes. Well, I want to talk about emotions now. You guys brought up emotions and now <laughs> okay. because I do feel like I do feel like the um original really was just like across the board nothing, but I do feel like the Snyder cut gave me like some emotional value like i said in these characters again the moments that that cyborg had both with himself then with his dad then with i mean that cassette when he plays it back um if you've ever lost a parent before like that moment with his mom like that that was powerful i liked that that's what i needed i didn't need it to be overly sappy but i needed to know that these characters have feelings and i really liked the stuff they put in there i'm really sad that they um, I'm probably the only one that they recast the Flash's dad. Um, oh, they, I, they had great chemistry. I am I, sad about and that. I love that actor. What's his name, Craig? Crudup. You, Bill, Billy Crudup. Billy Crudup. Yeah. I really like him. And they they recast him. They announced it yesterday. And I'm just kind of I don't like that at all. Like, just leave it alone. Let's you got something that kind of worked here. Let's can we keep going with it, or do we just have to keep ruining things? I don't. Well, I don't that's, know. That's the problem with this. Is we keep having to rehash DC. We never let them yeah. finish a thing. Yeah. And and that's what's frustrating is it's like just let them tell their story. And some people will like it and some people won't like it. Yeah. That's... Unlike Marvel, where we kind of we kind of forgave Thor too <laughs> and let them well, finish oh, yeah. the movies. No, we haven't. We just we don't talk about it. <laughs> but we did let them finish the movies. Yeah. Yeah, we, but we do. Yeah. And, and unlike <laughs> Unlike DC, we never let them finish it. And I think that's what's so frustrating for yeah. DC fans and why I was so grateful that this movie got made yeah. in the first place. Why yeah, but there was a Thor 1. There, there well, was, you're, what you're saying is uh, this after a history. So you're just completely forgetting that there was several films before Thor 2. And Thor 2 <laughs> is more of a bump in the road than the first movie they do. And that's the yeah. problem with DC is the first movie they do, they try to do too much or they try to do... Uh, whatever they can to catch up and 
just do your own thing instead okay, of okay. And let some but, but if you want a better breathe, comparison like Blake said though let some characters breathe a little bit like the yeah, minute something's yeah. wrong they're like what do we have to fix because they didn't like it a hundred percent so we have I, to fix nobody's gonna like it a hundred percent let's you actually people have to start caring about these characters and they do that with continuity of the actors that play the characters so if you want them to start grabbing onto something stop messing with it Karen Leave it alone. Yeah, that's and, on the executives. The yeah. executive Warner Brothers yeah. needs to be invested in their properties. They're not. They need to give us another Shazam movie. They need to give us the Flash movie. They need to give us the Cyborg movie before they jump the gun and give us Justice League. Yeah. See, there's a perfect Instead example. Of doing Shazam. Shazam's a, a great movie, the, a standalone mm -hmm. movie, and that's mm -hmm. what they should be focusing on, not mm -hmm. trying to exactly. interconnect it. DC can that's, make that's, good movies if they want, but they want to yeah. try to make Marvel. And that's but, the problem. I don't care if they make them interconnected or not. I just want them to be good. Shazam was good. And, and Wonder I, Woman and was I good. I totally agree with that. Wonder with, Woman's with great. The new, there, there's a new creative head over at Warner Brothers. Um, she released a statement saying that that's exactly the way they're going, Craig. It's individual directors, individual stories, and telling Show the best Show me the money. Stories. Show me the money. <laughs> I don't, I, it's all talk until they do it. See, I, I, I cut like, off Jake. I've so true. Jake, when you have a minute, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, it's all Jake. good. I, I, <laughs> my, my network has been kind of going bad, so I've just been sitting here trying not to look stupid while I'm sure I'm frozen or something <laughs> uh, for everybody fabulous. else. So that's from. Well, thank you. Uh, Colin I, wants more. Yeah, Zachary I, I agree with what Blake's saying. Well, okay, that's fine. But I agree with what Blake's yes. saying. I want them to finish something. Like, after seeing this movie, after seeing the Snyder Cut, I kind of want to see the second Justice League movie and the third Justice League movie just to have them finish something. But they're, we're not going to. It's not going to happen. I feel like, just... I feel like ahead, this Blake. movie, the Snyder Cut, made Batman vs. Superman better. Me too. I agree with yeah. you, Blake. I went back yeah. and watched it. I went back oh. and watched it after the Snyder Cut, and I was like, I actually care more about this movie but, now. That doesn't mean it's like a masterpiece, but I no. think it, it improves the the continuity of the story. Yeah, I agree yeah. with. I don't think that. I don't think Infinity War but, would make any but, sense but the if, problem they, is, if you didn't get Endgame. But the problem is, is that you're trying to do that retroactively. Give me the good story up front. By the time we get to Justice League, I don't care about Batman versus Superman was a dumpster fire. That is one of the few movies that absolutely upset me. Like I was really angry at that. Send film your hate so mail too. Podcast at moviesatmakeus.com. I don't because know if we're going to get a ton of hate mail for that comment though. Cause I, it's a lot a of dumpster fire of a film. It's awful. Yeah. But let's, let's talk about the final 35 minutes because, and again, this goes back to Snyder's ego and it goes back to the story. He's like, well, this is what I want to do. And and he's introducing characters. He's introducing ideas that they don't do any setup for during the rest of the film. And for somebody that doesn't really get a lot of DC stuff, like my wife, she's like, now, who is this? What is this? What's going on? Completely lost her in the last 35 minutes. She didn't recognize Deathstroke right away? Yeah, but what's yeah, he doing I, there? Right away, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the thing because Blake had a good comment that I think we all agree on whether it's right or not this movie was made for the fanboys it was made for a very specific audience and if everyone mm -hmm. else enjoyed it then fine. There were a lot of parts about this movie I enjoyed. There were a lot of chunks of this movie that I thought could have stayed with the Whedon and never came back here, right? 
but I think the last 35 minutes of the movie was made for people like me. I yawned through a big portion of this movie. Tracy, we're not the same person. I yawned through a big portion of this movie. And then when I got to the end, I was like something new, something I haven't seen regurgitated. Like you're going to give me more dark. You're going to give me more story. You're going to give me the evil Superman that you've been telling me that you're going to give me. Like for me, I was, I wanted something new. I feel like we've been waiting for this and then I watch it and half of it's a movie that I've already seen and I wanted something new, something dark, something to look forward to. And I really enjoyed that last 35 minutes and I don't care if I was the only person on earth that enjoyed it. I did. And I like Jared Leto. <laughs> all of that line and all of that's valid. What I don't like about it is the fact <laughs> that he brought Jared Leto in to film that sequence. So that wasn't even part of the original Snyder cut. It may have been intended to be part of it. Yeah. And why, why would you spend the money to bring Jared Leto in to shoot a scene that does nothing but set up a movie that's never going to get made? There was no Snyder cut. Because they told him, they told him he could do whatever he wanted. They gave him four years and all the money. They didn't tell him he could do whatever he wanted because he wanted Green Lantern and not Martian Manhunter, and they okay. said no. Okay, so then he Kilowog fought for was this in there. other stuff. They well, yeah, whatever, but beginning. like yeah. it's exactly if you give Quentin Tarantino, if you take away his direct his editor who is now dead, who edited all of his films, and now you're like, oh, you can make a movie as long as you want. All right, well, I'm going to do whatever the crap I want to do with it. So if he knows he's already going to do it, then whatever. I liked it. It is bloated. Is is egotistical, and so is Batman, and so is the Joker, and so is everything we're talking about today. Like it is all I- ego. Every single bit of it is effing ego. And the other thing, when you talk about the last few minutes with Jared, with Jared Leto's Joker and Batman, like that's where it gets its R rating is because this is the second F-bomb that it drops in the film. It's the third. The first one's, is it the third? It's okay. the third. Yeah. 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 And none of, I don't know why you have to make a Justice League movie that's rated R. Mm-hmm, because no. these are characters that are, that could be family friendly. I, I get that you don't want to make it super family friendly, but come on. Like the well, point anyway, it was, I anyway. think it was kind of him flipping okay, so, people off that so he, here's the thing. he was this whole movie was him flipping off. Yeah. I mean, so exactly. why do we expect anything different from this? Yeah. Like yeah. last 35 well, minutes. So what cracks me up is they go, we have to keep moving. If we stop, he's going to find us. And then they stop in the middle of the road and have a seven minute monologue from Jared Leto which is shot from the side with the sun coming in and out from behind him with soft focus I'm like, what is this angle? What is this shot? It was awful. And Jared Leto is the worst Joker, worse than Cesar Romero. I like, I like some of Leto's stuff. I like oh, what he did in Blade Runner. Wait a second. Who said Cesar Romero's a bad Joker? Whoever said <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Uh, but when you compare him He's to Joaquin totally Phoenix, Heath Ledger, but it just oh, that whole sequence just was awful for me. I enjoyed it. My Which my is issue fine. with Jer- yeah, I think my issue with Jared Leto's jo- Joker, um, I feel like he's pulling from different performances that he's seen before. Like I, I mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. I, I felt like I saw little hints of Heath Ledger, little hints of Joaquin Phoenix. But the the worst thing is, you know, when when you watch Heath Ledger as the Joker, you're just pulled in, you're sucked in, right? When I'm watching Jared Leto, I feel like I can tell that he's performing. 
I can tell that he's trying yes. very hard to exude a certain feeling. And I, I mean, I, I can't imagine how difficult it is to play a character like the Joker. That's got to be, that's a tall order. Um, but for me, it just, it didn't, it just didn't scan with me. Better than Suicide Squad for sure, but still didn't, didn't really, it didn't work for me. And with that big turd in the punch bowl of Jared Leto's Joker, <laughs> we now move on to our next segment. Jake! I think, I think Everybody just thing... stared like, what the well, I didn't know if like, yeah, Jake had something I, to say or Jake, like... I was trying not to always like talk. Yeah. I, I, think, uh, I think Jared Leto's Joker is one of those polarizing characters characters that there are a lot of people who who like him and a lot of people who really hate him and you're not going to find anybody in between and i love that and so i think I we've got a group love of people when you have a yeah. character so, like that so aka the Joker this is movie polarizing. As a whole. <laughs> well yeah and, that, and, and yeah. here's the thing fair too blake Go ahead, no and, and here's the thing look i i i i'm not a big fan of Zack snyder but i will say this about this film that it has over the original and and has over a lot of movies that are coming out uh, blockbusters you can feel the passion and you can feel the strong desire to make this into something you can feel Zack Snyder's heart and soul being poured into this um and I will give it that I and I think that there is I, I think that's why it is so polarizing because for people for whom that resonates with that really resonates with them and mm -hmm. then for people who it doesn't it's just eh. But I, I don't know. I'd like to. I it would have been honestly. I think what would have been great is if Zack Snyder had been given like an injustice. I I would yes. love to see. I mean, because that's kind of what he's going towards. You know what I mean? And I do want to mm -hmm. see that. I absolutely want to see that. But it's just been so long since. I mean, it's just been so long since we had a Superman who's a Boy Scout and is mm -hmm. just unflinchingly good. I'd just like to see that. I, I'm not. Yeah. I don't have a problem with this Superman existing. I just would like to see the other kind of Superman too. I miss that. Uh, I'm with Superman you, Josh. Yeah, Superman and Lois. That's yeah. that's where you'll get that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's a fantastic yeah. show. Yeah. Um, I I think we have to talk about the music in this movie. Yep. Because there was music I. One <laughs> 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 Amazon scene. Every time there's an Amazon, we get that music. Yeah. I uh, remember the, and then uh, we get the, the Norwegian women singing. The sweater too. sniffing uh, Norwegians. That's all Wasn't I remember. That the creepiest thing in the world. Like oh, if, I, you if you would have had a guy do that with Wonder Woman's like belt or something, mm -hmm. like go up and smell it and then start mm -hmm. yodeling. Like mm -hmm. it would be all over. Like hashtag Me Too. Stop smelling Wonder Woman. But now we've got some girl singing some song and then smelling the sweater and taking it off and doing God knows what with it. Like what and the crap we, was that scene? It's a new commercial about... for Momoa. The name. <laughs> Nobody wants to buy that cologne because let me tell you, he may spend that a lot of time in water, but none of it is bathing. No. Yeah. None of it is beer in water all the time. What are you talking about? And it's beer and butt and seafood. That's what he smells. Yeah. Like. <laughs> beer, butt, yeah. seafood. BBS. Low tide yeah. at the boat ramp is what he smells like. <laughs> there, there were just the music for me was a struggle in this film. Um, and Tracy, well, you mentioned you well. missed. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Tracy, you mentioned you missed Danny Elfman's score from from the theatrical cut. I always miss Danny Elfman's score. Like even if I'm watching a movie that he didn't do the score for originally or ever, I miss Danny Elfman's score because he's just <laughs> my favorite. But like well, there were just some we weird had... song choices in this. Oh. Like it, when Zach she's walking Snyder up to the the memorial his needle drops. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, when Lois Lane is going up to the memorial and the song that we're getting for that is just so bad. And then there's another mm-hmm. song that's also very slow that's got words and it's Aquaman going into the ocean. And it's not the Norwegian part. That was also right. weird. But there's right. where I'm just like, what is going on with this music? It's, it was it's, just. It's Nick Cave. It's the artist Nick Cave that Zack Snyder loves. So he wanted to do a couple needle drops. And he is famous for doing needle drops in movies. And it drives me crazy because it takes me out of the film. It's like yeah. dropping Hallelujah and Watchmen. It's like the best and worst needle drop ever. But and then whatever that um, song was at the ending title title sequence, uh, the credits. I won't, I'm glad I turned it off immediately because it's like, oh, this movie's over. It's not Marvel. There's not going to be a little happy scene at the end. Let's get this crap because this music's awful. <laughs> Click. Yeah. You were smarter than um, me because uh, I was afraid I was going to miss some kind of mid credit scene, so I kept listening to it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, okay. And Time I'll never Zach, get back. That is Zach doing that on purpose to punish you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't mind I don't mind alternative soundtracks. Like I love the theme for Wonder Woman when they bring in that electric guitar for her theme. Yeah. It kicks butt. It's fantastic. I love the Mad Max soundtrack, the the Fury Road soundtrack. I don't mind having kind of more of a rock and roll edge, but give me some emotion, give me something that I can Think of when I think of Superman, I've got a theme song in my head. When I think Batman, I've got a theme song in my head. I don't have any of that from the Snyder cut with Junkie is XL. It the 1960s? Is it the 1960s theme song that you get in your head? The na 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 na. I don't want to sing it because I don't want to get I copyright. Th- I was thinking the Danny Elfman version. But okay. Yeah. That's also very good too. I, I will <laughs> say this for the for the soundtrack. I do feel like this is the first movie that Hans Zimmer's theme for Superman actually got its moment and actually built to a yeah. triumphant note when Superman came in and started. That was the other thing I love when they were just beating the crap out of Steppenwolf. That was a great scene. And, and all of yeah. it too. I was ready to do yeah. it. Well, well yeah. Yeah. She was going to go <laughs> for the legs first. <laughs> I feel like we've gotten. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. <laughs> sweep we, the leg we had gotten that Hans Zimmer theme before, but it had never really been used in a moment where it was like a just full blast full power and i felt like we finally got that here and that was the one moment as far as soundtrack goes that that i thought was fantastic i was way into it because i love that theme i love hans zimmer's superman theme um Mm -hmm. i don't love it as much as john williams but i still think it's a great well but that's i mean john williams superman theme is so iconic it's hard to he's the maestro and there's a nostalgia factor blanket Yeah. yeah And and I mean, you picture Christopher Reeve as Superman every time you hear that song, and it just makes you happy inside. So it's right. hard. But I agree. I like Hans Zimmer's uh, theme from, from Man of Steel as well, and I think uh, it plays well in this movie. And and when you get the bits of Wonder Woman's theme under the Amazon chanting, like <laughs> it makes me want to hear that because that's one of my favorite themes in all of the DC mm-hmm. uh, movies as well. Um, so, yeah, but the music was just... It really didn't. I didn't care. It didn't. It didn't bother me either here nor there. Like for me, like usually for a movie, I'll bring up Tracy Jake. You guys know this. Oh my gosh, I loved 
the mm-hmm. soundtrack so much or I love the music with this one. I, it just kind of blended in for me. So what, that's yeah. probably not a good thing either. But for me, it didn't bother me. It, it was kind of like the, you know, the way the, the movie was formatted. I, I didn't care. It didn't bother me. So see, maybe I wish I would have enjoyed this movie like you did, Val. I would have, I would take, take enjoying the, the last 35 minutes happened. over not hating the music as much as I do. Yeah. <laughs> like I would rather enjoy if you're unconscious the last of it, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I did. I watched it all in its entirety, but I did fall asleep the first time, like at part two. So I, Don't I feel had bad. to watch it. I had to watch it in chunks. I just didn't have time yeah. to sit down yep. for four hours and and watch a movie. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, don't uh, feel bad. I have never seen the Transformers through its entirety. I have slept through, and I never sleep at movies. I have slept through the Transformers three times. I don't know I don't why. Think I don't think any of us should feel bad for you about that. Like we should, like you should feel happy and lucky that you have anyway. I like the Transformers movies. That's fine too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I I think we're at the point where we have to give this movie a grade. So Josh and Blake, this is your first time on our show. We give a letter grade, not some weird rating system. It's just a letter grade uh, that you feel like this movie deserved. Um, So to show you how it's done, we'll start with Tracy, so we won't make one of you guys be first, and then we'll go to our guests. Okay, so you guys know that when we when we talk about grading a movie, I often will have I have to separate things. Mm-hmm. So in terms of this True. movie, as you have a to take out the nostalgia film, factor, it, 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 <laughs> not nostalgia, but it, in, if you're looking at this as a movie, as something that I would turn on, that I would watch, that I would enjoy, I'm going to give this thing like a D. Because it's four hours, it is slow, it is ponderous, and it hurts in a lot of ways. Blake almost fell out of his chair. If if I were to watch this in chunks, like I did the first time, then I would probably be in like the C range. But in terms of film and filmmaking, this is not a good movie. It is not a good film. Okay. Josh, what about you? What would you give this as a letter grade? Uh... Okay, so I, I went into the movie, I mean, just rock bottom expectations, right? Um, and I came out feeling much better about it. I Honestly, I'm leaning towards a C, closer to a C+. Plus. Um, I agree with Tracy on a lot of things. I, I think Zack Snyder's biggest issue is he doesn't know when to cut a scene. So each scene goes a few more minutes longer than it needs to. But that being said, there is a lot to love about this film in terms of visuals, in terms of, I mean, we didn't even get to talk about the Flash's uh, action sequence on Stryker's Island. That's like the first time Mm -hmm. someone's done interesting with something interesting with the speed where he's just kind of popping in and out. So I don't know. I I think in terms of visuals, in terms of um, just kind of the, the the visual art of it, I I'd I'd give it a C C plus. All right, Craig. Well, uh, I'm going to give it two grades as well um, because there's two it's different things long. going. Well, that's, yeah, might as well. It's, a, it's my four hour. I'm going to rate. It's I have six grades for each episode, including the episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you've got the overwhelming amount of hype that went along with the movie that you have to ignore because that's half the reason people are kind of pissed off is that. 
everybody said, oh, once you see the Zack Snyder cut, you'll know the difference. You'll see the true vision. It's like QAnon saying that the president's going to be elected and not going to be elected. And then in March, he'll show up. That's it's just not going to get one of those little warnings on our Facebook yeah. saying QAnon's not real or something. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. It's not. QAnon's not real. Thanks, and either Craig. is the Zack Snyder cut. I don't believe he had a cut. <laughs> I believe he had a script. Yes. And I believe as soon as they said, oh, would you would you let us show the cut? He's like, oh, crap. It's like someone who's talking about, I've got this great thing at home. Oh, let's bring it into school. Uh, ooh, okay. And then they got to go home and make it. And so that's what he had to do. That's why it cost an extra $70 million, not just for the special effects, but to do the stuff that he really wanted. So I'm going to give it a D because overall because it's a bad movie. It's just a bad movie. But it does have some good things in it. If you want to look at some visuals, I'm going to give it a C. So just like it's it's a DC movie. So, yes, it's a DC movie. <laughs> oh, that is. I could have gave it a W. I could have gave it a W and a B. right now, Craig. Yeah, but it's, wow. a DC, it's a DC movie. Okay. Yeah. All right, Blake. What do you say? <laughs> what grade are you going to get? Steph, by the way, if you guys don't know, I Steph think has should- asked us. To raid in cupcakes. That's I don't a different think you should show. Let her push you around. I don't think you should make. Yeah. Her, she's like she's getting angry at you. Just do what you need to do, Blake. This is your moment to shine. Yeah, this yeah. is your movie. Steph, you do you, Steph, boo. If you guys don't know, is the co-host for Cutscenes and Cupcakes, which is one of our sister podcasts, and uh, also Blake's wife. I would give it a garlic spinach cupcake. It actually sounds delicious. I think at that point, if it's garlic spinach, is that a muffin instead of a cupcake? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's frosting on it. It's got frosting on it. I'm Italian. I'm going to dip it in some marinara. That sounds really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm I'm afraid to give a grade. Don't be afraid. No, this is a safe space. Like, You're in a like safe we, space here. We are always open for interpretation and sharing of, of opinions. There's no mocking. Even unless when they're wrong, Jake. we want to hear them. Right. Fair enough. Fair Listen, enough. You say unless it's Jake. Is that did I hear that from down below there? <laughs> and I'm about to get booted out of the show. Kind of like I was saying earlier. I think this movie made Batman versus Superman better, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like if Zack Snyder could keep going and tell us the nightmare sequence and all those other movies, that would make this movie better. So I'm going to give it two grades also. <laughs> I'm going to give it, as a movie that I enjoyed, I'm going to give it a B plus. I'm going to give it like a D plus because they gave us hope that there's going to be more. Mm-hmm. And now it's gone. Like and you just like, want to give him a big middle finger, is what you want to give him. Yeah, it's like why did you why did you tell me that this could keep going and show me more when this is the end? So I felt when I watched it, I felt satisfied that I finally got to see something new. I got to experience a new vision. I felt frustrated that this was it. Kind of like kind of like if I never got to see Endgame, and yeah. Infinity mm. War was the end. It's like this okay. is like a review of a strip club, Blake. You walked in, you enjoyed yourself, you had a great time, but I'm then now... you realized she doesn't love me. She doesn't yeah. even like me. I'll never get it. I'm just done. That's it. I'm out. I'm out. Seventy million dollars. Yeah, I just paid seventy million dollars for million a hand dollars. job, and that's it. And that's it. So that's why D, D plus. 
D plus experience. <laughs> if, if, if Jake drink. was still if Jake was still wearing glasses, that'd be off right now. <laughs> every time you're on the show, Craig. Every time we have a moment like this, you're, you're muted. I think Val muted you. I did. <laughs> did you? <laughs> We can't, we can't I'm supposed to be the one that gets us the R rating. You don't get to do this. I didn't say anything wrong. I didn't say anything that would get you an R rating. It was all PG-13, but was my analogy incorrect? It's close. I think, I, like I was saying, as a movie, I enjoyed it. It's a B plus because at the end, I didn't get what I know was a future in this franchise that lowers the grade. You didn't get a second date. I got it. Yeah. But- <laughs> I think that's I think that's a valid description. Val, what's your grade? Um, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the two grades. This is what I gave it on um, TV last week, um, and I will do it again here. Um, I give this movie a C uh, because I did enjoy it. I do think it was better than the first. Um, I would like to see more, and I think that is a really good thing in a movie when if you get to the end and you're like, okay, like I get to see another one, you know, I mean, we don't, but they, you know, he gave us a want to see more of what we had. Um, and I really just loved what he did, did with cyborg and like getting into these characters. I would have given it, and this is a surprise to everybody. Probably I would have given it a B if he, if it wasn't so bloated and he could have actually edited it down to um, a two hour or even a two and a half hour movie. And it still would have made sense. And it still would have made me feel the same. I would have given this movie a B, but it's a C for those reasons. I, uh, went in similar to Josh with very low expectations for what this was going to be, because I'm a big DC fan. I love Superman and I've struggled with Zack Snyder's vision of Superman um, since Batman V Superman. I think man of steel grew on me with time Mm -hmm. uh, and I enjoyed it more as I went back and revisited it. I enjoyed this movie more than I thought I would. And part of that is I think we finally got to see, uh, where Zack Snyder was going to go with Superman when he comes back from the dead and he goes onto the alien ship and he's got his two fathers, the memories kind of playing back and he's supposed to bring hope to the people. and He's supposed to be a light to the people and things like that. I think we're starting to see him becoming the Superman that I want him to be. Um, even though I know that in the second one, he was going to be the bad guy. That's fine. Whatever he'll, he'll overcome. It'll be fine. Um, but I, I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. That being said, I think it's a little long um, at four hours. And I think I would have liked to have seen them at one point. They talked about it being a mini series. It was going to be multiple episodes. I think I would have liked to have seen it play out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, just breaking it up in the parts that were already existing in the movie. Um, but that being said, I did enjoy it. I'm going to give it a B, uh, which is higher than I thought I would give it. So, um, but I, there were some things that were really cool and I really liked how they played out. So there you go. There's our take on Jack's Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Snyder. It's the wish.com version. It's the Jack Bauer. It's the Jack Bauer version of justice league. No 24 hours. That's how long he really wanted the first cut. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think. I do think, even though it's really long, I do think there's something cool about him finally getting to realize his vision for the movie because I think we can clearly see that the first theatrical cut was not 
any one director's vision for what that movie was, but the studio trying to impose their vision on what they wanted the movie to be. Um, I'd like and to say Zach, nothing. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to say Snyder fanboys out there have finally gotten what they wanted, but we know that's not true because they've already started a new hashtag campaign to something, the Snyder verse, bring restore it back. The Snyder verse, restore the Snyder verse. And they know it works. So they're really emboldened them to protest more. Yeah. I think that's going to be a little bit harder. I think there was enough of this movie there. Yeah. I think there was enough of this movie there for them to do this. Uh, I don't know that Affleck's going to come back to be Batman. I don't know. There was an interview yesterday that said he wanted to come back as the Batman. Oh, well, am I the only one that he thought he looked weird at that very last one with the Martian Manhunter? He just looked yeah, that strange. Was filmed later. Yeah, well, of course. That was. I mean, he had like seven different hairstyles in this movie. Like, I don't know if he kept a hairstylist. No, but there. I don't know if he kept a hairstylist in the Mercedes Benz. Like, it just kind of popped up out of the back to do his hair different way every time he was on camera. But that was a little. That was a lot. That was a lot for yeah. me. He looked like he had a facelift in that last scene with the Martian Manhunter. So he did stop mm. drinking. So yeah, I think yeah. he's in a much better spot than yeah. he was. He it's couldn't have waited doubt. two weeks. And stop drinking after Fan X. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm just bitter over that. That was on my birthday. He announced that. I'm like, oh, I'm so close. He was w- trying to ruin your birthday specifically. He did. He so. did. God bless Jennifer Gardner, though. She's such a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> She's a national treasure. She seems like a good lady. Now, Colin has been making comments this whole episode. I'm going to put this one up because it's applicable. Alfred does his hair whenever he goes into a new room. Alfred's hair is amazing, by the way. Oh, yeah. He is a handsome man. I would like to date Alfred. Don't tell my fiance that. Yeah, your ex-boyfriend? My ex-boyfriend. I do call him that, by the way, all the time. Thank you, Craig. (sighs) All right. I won't tell him. I won't tell Dave. I hope he doesn't listen. I'm going to message him right now. Hold on. He's playing video (laughs) games. He could care less. Oh, all right. He hasn't watched the Snyder Cut at all, and he won't. So, All the madness that led up to the Snyder Cut, it is released. You've seen it. I think the only thing that can make this better is if I could see it in black and white. I hope that dream can come (laughs) true someday. Wait, wait. it wasn't in black and white? Oh, wait. No, apparently it wasn't. Because Justice oh. League Grey is coming out soon on HBO Max. So well, you could have fooled me. Well he does not like color, Zack Snyder. <laughs> Sorry. Even even All when right. he does films in color. <laughs> so All many right. comments. Well, thank you so much for listening, for watching, being here live. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, if you have comments that you'd like to share with us, you can do it in the comment section on YouTube or on Facebook, or you can email us uh, podcast at movies that make us.com. Make sure you go and subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, and like this video, and then go ahead and hit the uh, notifications bell so that you get notified whenever we have a new episode that drops. This will be available in audio format tomorrow morning. We'll get it turned around quick for everybody. Um, and then, March Madness continues. Our next movie is about a sentient murderous tire. Rubber! (laughs) And make sure you go check out our guest pages as well on social media. Absolutely. Absolutely. you got to check out the Lettuce In tabletop role-playing game podcast starring Blake. Right? You're the star. If I understand it right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I don't even think there's anybody else on the podcast. I think it's just me. (laughs) 
so much trouble. <laughs> it's it's a fantastic cast uh, of which Blake is a part. Uh, also, check out Craig. What do you have going on right now at Matinee Heroes? Well, uh, we just had last week. We just had Valerie on to do American History X, as we do F Nazis Month. See, I even I don't know how to do. I appreciate the, it. But that we, yeah. we, we bleep it out. That's the only time we bleep out the F word is when it's followed by Nazis on the podcast. Um, it was a really great episode, Craig. You did a great I job. Loved, it was really well done. I had so much done. fun with you talking about a Nazis. Difficult, <laughs> difficult movie. Oh, it was tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we finished up. I had up, so much uh, fun talking about Nazis. It was just We did. Blast. It was great. She's, it was a very good, well-rounded. It was emotional. Ed- it was yeah, kind of it gets into Because we usually just do German Nazis, which we're going to go do Jojo Rabbit coming this is out the, uh, I was the Saturday. first episode where it was actually, we were right here in the United States, and my whole cast was almost British. So yes. <laughs> when I recast <laughs> almost British cast. <laughs> April, we're going to have. Nobody plays uh, an American Swatch- like a British person. Yes, right? well, they play everything, but we're going to have Arnold Schwarzenegger month for Arnold April. Uh, we're going to do Epic May, which is all epic 80s May. We have all 80s movies, and then we're going to put a ring on it in June with the movies that make us crossover all month long as we do Lord of the Rings movies. Ooh. Wow. So we're going to nice. put a ring on it June. And then, of course, the cast-off kicks off August, I mean August, April 13th. And there's other cool things happening at the Stolen Droids Network in May for RemoteCon. Yeah, RemoteCon is coming up. That's exactly right. Josh, what do you have going on over at the 90s Kid? Uh, Well, a couple of things. I've got an SNES uh, retrospective coming up, Super Nintendo retrospective. One thing I have been working on, I'm actually, uh, I've filmed and I'm editing a video entirely on a Macintosh Power PC from 1995. Wow. And somehow I'm making wow. it work. So wow. that's going to be interesting. So your own Snyder cut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's in 4.3 format. Pre-bad <laughs> compression. Yes, it's going to be great. 480p. It's going to be great. Be real nice. <laughs> yeah. Real nice. That sounds awesome. So check yeah. out Josh's YouTube channel, The 90s Kid. He's got a lot of cool stuff on there. If you grew up or were a kid in the 90s, it's all a, a bunch of nostalgic stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So check that out. Uh, and we've got... The rest of March Madness uh, going on, movies that make us. And then uh, episode 100 is coming up after our uh, rubber special. Uh, it's not a it special. It sounds just an bad, but I love that you yeah. say it and it just after sounds pretty, but it's not. It makes me so happy that you have to keep saying it. Did you get I to know. see Lamageddon yet, Val? Not yet. No, okay. I've been actually screening real movies like that are coming out. Wow. I get to go screen a real movie in a real theater on Monday. Like you'll get real COVID. Wow. Yay. <laughs> good. I'm not gonna lick anything. I'm not gonna lick anything. David is That's gonna good. be so We've, disappointed. Tracy and I have been working really hard with Val to get her to stop licking stuff. So this and is I've a been big doing step really, really well. She's doing really She's been well. Doing really well. The Apple mask bitter. is really yeah. helpful because I, with the mask on, it's really yeah. hard to lick people. Yeah. Spray true. apple bitters on everything. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we do have episode 100. That will be on a Tuesday evening. We are going to go live. That will be on April 6th. Uh, so you guys will want to be here for that as well. Um, thank you, guests, Blake, Craig, Josh, for being here and helping us out. Um, we really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. Uh, and until next time, we won't see you at the movies. Night or cut.
This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production. Ooh, that sounded.